Welcome to Tech Review, powered by Axel Springer. Here we explore the latest trends, news and updates from the world of technology. This podcast is the perfect source for staying up to date with what is important to know right now. You can watch all episodes on YouTube or listen to us on all major podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts while you work out, drive or maybe even travel through space. Today we are again in a reduced setup because Henrike is on vacation. <laughs> and so today we are Vincent Irmler and my name is Tarek Madani Mamluk. And we can do it by ourselves. We don't need Henrike. Henrike, <laughs> when you're listening to this, uh, this is this is what happens when you go on vacation. Yeah, we are enough. We 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 are turning in a boys club. So today we yes. have manly manly news. Um, and let's start <laughs> with manly. Do, do we actually have? I don't know. Is it weapons? No, and no, cars? no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> But I will start with. Space News. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, Henrique, now Henrique is getting jealous. I'm, I'm, yeah. I can feel it. Be because, yeah, we miss Henrique so much. Uh, that's why we are bringing yes. now Space News. Space Origami. <laughs> <laughs> Not Origami, but uh, like a very, very lucrative uh, business that uh, we, we might see in the future. Because um, I read on Forbes that uh, NASA's Psyche mission is a quid is a quadrillion dollar business um, and they are going to launch their mission mission to meet this asteroid next month no wait when uh, in October next month already in October. Wow. and uh, the news are NASA and SpaceX are preparing a launch uh, to launch a spacecraft called Psyche on a journey of around 2.5 billion miles to an asteroid um, named 16 Psyche that's why it's called this way uh, and this is located <laughs> in the in the main asteroid belt between mars and jupiter and the asteroid's unique composition of iron and nickel has led to speculation that it could be worth an astonishing 10,000 quadrillion us dollars i have no idea how they calculated that uh, but this sounds like a very lucrative mission and this mission is aiming to study the 16 psyche's properties and its iron core which resembles earth's core providing insights into the formation of celestial bodies uh, and the spacecraft will launch atop a spacex falcon heavy rocket and its instruments and hardware are being re readied for this mission right now the launch windows is stretching uh, from october 5th to october 20th 25th 2023 so very very soon yeah that is this, very very soon yeah yeah and um i mean we we often hear about the strange nasa and spacex missions and this is once again uh, something that that we hear uh, like kind of often about but never this specific to have this very specific asteroid that we are flying to uh, between mars and jupiter and i'm i'm curious to see the results of someone if if they say afterwards yeah okay it was like scientifically interesting but uh nothing to see here <laughs> or if this is going to be like the next thing where we are going to see chinese rockets and indian rockets and russian rockets and everybody suddenly getting a high amount of interest uh, to studying the asteroid belt <laughs> it, it sounds a bit like don't look up i mean and don't look up we have exactly <laughs> that situation right there's a, there's an asteroid i mean it is heading uh, towards earth let's hope this is not the case here and i i mean depending on the size i don't uh, I would assume the size is large enough to be a problem for us. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, they they do it too. They go there to, um, yeah, exploit the asteroid. So I really hope this is not happening here. It, it sounded a bit like that, but studying it for um, the forming of celestial bodies. Well, okay, interesting. Right. Uh, let's yeah, let's I mean, remember that SpaceX is a private company, though. <laughs> absolutely, and uh, we are reading this. Uh, of course, with this caveat of uh, having 10,000 sorry, 10,000 quadrillion dollars in worth. Uh, and of course, we have to emphasize this, that this mission is for scientific purposes. Huh? But mm. in the spirit of the movie, Don't Look Up, I could imagine that, I don't know, the CEO of SpaceX gets this great idea of making mining this asteroid more, um, more uh, like, efficient by uh, moving it closer to Earth. So putting yeah. rockets onto it and <laughs> steering it into a, a close Earth orbit uh, because then it's it's easier to mine it, right? <laughs> I can see some really crazy setup where it is directed in the direction of Earth's orbit and then with uh, explosives broken up into a lot of pieces uh, to then be, I don't know, with... Star with uh, Starlink satellites suddenly taking it um, within their orbit for SpaceX to pick it up. I can see a lot of different movies working together here. Yeah, yeah uh, James Bond with the rocket that eats other rockets. I can see uh, Don't Look <laughs> Up. Um, yes, and, and a lot more. I'm really excited for whatever's going to happen there. We need to yeah. keep us ourselves posted and the listeners. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so thrilled because i mean i thought the summer would be very slow with only having ai news but last week we were talking about fusion reactions we were talking about laser weapons and now we are talking about mining an asteroid in the asteroid belt for dollars. Yeah. it's amazing <laughs> I, I really i wish i could send this news podcast back in time like 10 years ago to show people look what is going to happen in the next decade in terms of science fiction news this is i mean the only thing that is missing right now is uh i don't know elon musk invented the flying car right and and suddenly we have like uh, flying cars in the streets over the streets yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely really. jetpacks i want to see jetpacks <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> all right and now this let's jump to ByteDance, yes, software uh, information again. And uh, this time, yes, so ByteDance, it's really interesting because ByteDance is an extremely good, uh, well-running company. ByteDance, I think the other time I brought an article about ByteDance definitely not having cash flow problems. Um, they're making a lot of money, a lot of money. But still, TikTok currently is extremely deep in the e-commerce game and they're pushing for it. I mean, we saw that they were hiring executives from Amazon and Shopify and they testing a lot of things in the US, in UK. They have a lot of different ideas and all of this is coming directly from Daojin um, or around uh, the, the apps, the other apps of ByteDance that are most of them focus on e-commerce because this is where ByteDance makes money. And now... Uh, the picture becomes more clear because we see that TikTok is a growth motor for ByteDance. We, up until now, Daojin was the one, and I mean, it's still. And when we read that in China, ByteDance revenue grew 25% year over year, 
it's an astonishing number when you think of Bytance being one of the biggest tech companies out there. But you can see there that this is down from 150% in 2019, 105 in 2020, and 68% in 2021. So we see that growth for ByteDance is not as heavy anymore as it used to be. Now, to be fair, number one, Dojin, being the growth driver until now, is a extremely e-commerce focused social app, video app. So it's like TikTok, but e-commerce is built into it. The Chinese also are an economy that and people that are really open to social e-commerce as well. So that is something that we have to keep in mind. And we have to keep in mind when you look at other tech companies that these numbers are not actually the case. That the growth like that is not what's happening out there. And when you just think of basic economy, it's just not possible to grow 105% or 120%, 150% year over year. It's just not possible. But it also makes the picture much clearer that TikTok needs to grow up, needs to mature in e-commerce because this is what ByteDance knows. This is what they're good at. And they, they see TikTok as the window for them to go into the e-commerce market outside of the Asian market. And that is really, really, really important for ByteDance right now. The scary part is when TikTok is successful with that, so ByteDance is successful with that, we're going to see the market flooded with X, with X amount of apps uh, from ByteDance all being focused on e-commerce because ByteDance actually has an e-commerce suite, if, I, if you want to call it that, a, a bunch of apps that are all directed into this direction. So this is a... Last episode, I said it's a, it's a turning event, and we see it here. This is TikTok will prove now if the strategy that apparently they have built years in advance is now being executed, if it can be executed or not. And it puts a lot of pressure on everybody's favorite CEO from the hearing months ago to the CEO of TikTok. Yeah, but do you really think that uh, this e-commerce strategy is compatible with the Western market, the U.S. and European market? Um, because uh, from what we are seeing is that Asia is simply working differently with social media than we do. I think I think that's a very good question we should we need to ask, and I think the answer to that is yes, I think so because right now I think in Web 2.0, the way we are looking at the web right now. E-commerce is everywhere. I mean, I built definitely, definitely ordered stuff off Instagram. I did that. I don't know if you did, but I would argue <laughs> from our talks off camera, I would argue that potentially you did once or twice. To be honest, no, I did not. Never. So, so, okay, so I mean, it, it, I observe it with a, a very high degree of curiosity, but I never had this this urge or this uh, feeling to directly order something on or buy something on social media. Sometimes I see an interesting product and I uh, consume these informations, but then I Google for it and I research it. And then I, at the end, I go to a retailer and buy it there. I, I never bought something on Instagram before. I, okay, you, interesting, because I would argue it works. I mean, we see affiliate products and articles and we see stories around product stories, editorials around that. And and all of that, I mean, fights uh, fights for the attention of the user. So mm -hmm. I think the, the product that targets the best will in the end see the best return of invest there. Uh, and I think that 
ByteDance with its products has really, really, really powerful targeting mechanism. I think the the algorithm that's powering ByteDance most powerful apps, Dojin, TikTok, and a few others, um, I think is really well on targeting. And I think that when we, by time we will evolve over the stage where you just get shitty stuff in between ads, I (laughs) I think targeting is becoming smarter day by day. And I think eventually we'll see that social targeting that will lead to e-commerce will work. And the question then is, will it be done well product-wise? And I think the biggest challenge there for TikTok and for ByteDance is to understand the Western world when it comes to shopping. I think if they understand well enough how e-commerce works, like what's important for us, I mean, when you compare ads, for example, you'll see that Chinese apps are so much more, they're stressing people out. I mean, they're, they're colorful and action and sounds and everything. That's so different to, to what we consume here in Europe or the US. But I think if TikTok and ByteDance understand that, and I think they will because they have the money to just buy information, they, I mean, buy is the service they need. I think that it is, ve- I think it's very, it's highly likely that this will take off. Right. Maybe there are industries and sectors that are out of this. So, for example, I can see that I think that more products that need more explanation, so financial services, for example, insurance, these kind of things, uh, things that are high in value, maybe a car, I think these are things that will still re- not rely on the e-commerce sectors of that but uh, mechanisms of those apps but then again you could also argue that's never been in scope because the traditional e-commerce that we know right now is more fmcg focused yeah yeah would you rather invest in asteroid mining or in e-commerce uh going to the western market e-commerce in the western market (laughs) (laughs) right Sadly, yes, even though, what was the other number? 10,000 quadrillion US dollars. No, but but this is so far away. I mean, the earliest return we're going to see on that is so Mars and Jupiter. You said Mars and Jupiter. I asked forgot to ask that. I forgot to ask that. Like, how long is it going to take? I think to Mars, we're talking six months. Six months. Yeah. So from Mars then to Jupiter is maybe another six months. I don't know. I don't know how far that is. I would just guess now and say it's a year. <laughs> say it's a year. Probably. I don't fucking know. So, and whatever so, you're mining there, you have to bring back. Yeah, but right now the first probe <laughs> is just is just mining. So yeah. uh, sorry, it's just collecting data. Yeah, so right, right, right. It will take a time. Yeah, it's going to take five years or so. But the fir- if the first is coming back, and then I yeah. would also argue, I mean, we have Starship, which is like the largest rocket ever built. But is it big enough to actually transport 10,000 quadrillion? I don't think so. <laughs> in cash. <laughs> in, ca- in cash, maybe. I am not sure about iron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. All right. But what would we you still invest have... in? Sorry, Tyke. I didn't ask yeah. you. What would you invest in? I want to invest in asteroid mining, but the more realistic choice would be e-commerce. And uh, this is something that we are going to see in the next years while asteroid mining is going to take a little longer to be profitable. Absolutely. Let's, let's just yeah. agree and on if we take we're a look at invest. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> 
Yeah, no, no, I just I just want to say like um, the, the the stories that we hear from SpaceX are uh, mixed in nature. So I'm I'm actually not sure when actually will be the time that we will have actual news of the Mars colony or the Mars mining platforms that we are going to build in the asteroid belt. Let's just agree on we're going to invest in e-commerce and with the uh, return that we're seeing there, the Im amazing return because ByteDance will crack it, I'm sure, uh, we're going to do asteroid mining. And now, this. And now, let's talk about Netflix. <laughs> yes, let's talk about we, Netflix. We haven't we did not talk about Netflix for quite a long time. No. But now I, I read on The Verge that Netflix finally streams video games too. Netflix has begun testing its cloud streams video games with a limited beta test in Canada and the UK for select subscribers. This marks a significant step in Netflix's gaming ambitions. The move comes after the company initially launched mobile games for iOS and Android already in November 2021. And now subscribers will be able to play these games on TV connected TV devices and web browsers through cloud streaming. The first games available include Oxenfree and a new game called Mole Hughes Mining Adventures. And players will control these games using smartphones as me. controllers. Yeah. It's mining I, I, adventures. <laughs> you come on. It's oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. I did not really bring both of those. <laughs> I did not even recognize this. Yes, you're, you yeah. are right. Mole yeah, mining and e commerce mining adventures. adventures. Interesting, right, interesting right. game. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if there's maybe a level of mining on an asteroid. <laughs> uh, Tarek, would you play those games? I I don't know I don't know um, but I I think this um, the strategy is super interesting because uh, we already have Amazon Gaming which is included in Amazon Prime and uh, if you own an, an Apple TV you know that this is also having a, like a big marketplace for for games so it seems to be like a new normal that you have a streaming service and then just use it for game streaming and have it this included in your subscription um, and it's in this direction it is. Uh, like a uh, big question mark while Netflix did not roll this out earlier, right? I mean, the iOS thing, I think, was a test. I have one of the Netflix games on my phone. I played it a bit, and I have to admit that for iOS games, they're really high value. Like, they're really putting work into that. Also, they're really heavy on your phone. It's like two gigabytes. Uh, it's crazy, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> Apple's uh, upgrade uh, prices for storage, but um, I find I find always it's really hard to have. I, I, my, I've never find access to games I don't know. I mean, you know me well enough to know that I am a Fallout guy, and I obviously because also from Bethesda Game Studios will try Starfield this month, but uh, next month when it's coming out, and I hope you do too. But um, I know you will start season <laughs> plus subscriber. I don't know what you are, <laughs> but um, I, I find it a very wild bet to believe that you can create games well enough versus the whole gaming industry that's out there to then make it a viable and valuable asset for people to say, I'm keeping that subscription. I mean, it's fun to have. It's maybe nice to have, but if you don't watch Netflix enough so that you're starting to think maybe you should cancel the subscription or downgrade to the ad one or whatever, 
is this really changing your mind? I, I don't know. I didn't certainly did not for Amazon for me. I mean, I still have Amazon because I order a lot, but I, I, I never used the gaming thing. Um, and for and honestly, the one game I have on my phone is because I wanted to test it, it not because it looked so amazing to me. Yeah. So but how do you feel about that? Um, I, I am always amazed about that because instinctively I would say the same. It does not really make a difference uh, in, in my behavior for subscribing to stuff, but especially Amazon. I think Amazon is a great example of a system that works because this Amazon Prime subscription is so packed with features that I... I would never leave the subscription. It is expensive, but the things that I get out of there from free shipping over Amazon gaming, over Amazon music, music. over and everything, <laughs> Amazon photos and storage and, and, and all of these uh, things, even though the streaming service, the, the TV streaming service of Amazon Prime, you could say it's crap apart from specific very specific high value productions that they have in there like <laughs> the boys or um or, or um the summer i got pretty or something that's a really good one yeah i, I thought about the expense uh, like ah yes a handful of my absolute favorite shows are Lord on Amazon, of the rings uh, yeah yeah <laughs> sure i sure. knew that no, i knew I'm, you would react like that if 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 you compare amazon prime video with HBO or Apple TV Plus or even Netflix, it does not really compete, right? But I still keep the subscription and I probably will keep it forever because of all the other things that are included in there. And I could imagine that uh, including games in Netflix is kind of a strategic move because Netflix becomes more and more troubled with their competitors, with now getting up also Paramount and Apple TV and Disney Plus and so many other streaming services that Netflix is not necessary anymore to get entertained. And so they have to amp up their game. Literally. I would, I would, I would, I would <laughs> yeah, true, literally. I mean, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Amazon is packed and this is why you're keeping it. Uh, Apple does the same with uh, Apple uh, iCloud. I mean, you're paying $2.99, but you're getting private relay and you're getting image share and a lot of other features that are great. Not only storage. Um, you get, uh, there's so much I could name now, but it doesn't matter. And, but Netflix, and I do see that from all these things, obviously they want to stick to the entertainment thing. They don't want to be the, 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 they want to be another music service, another podcast service. No, they don't want to do that. I see that. I, I could probably see that they're a bit sad about that. They didn't go on podcasts earlier because obviously we could see a Netflix podcast thing much better than anything else, but that doesn't matter now. However, Gaming is so personalized, right? It's so unique to everyone's behavior, anyone's behavior, everyone's behavior, I'm sorry. I think it's really hard to make a difference there. It's a nice on top for people probably, not for me. But for example, if Amazon would kill their shipping, I would not keep it. And if Amazon would keep shipping but kill Prime, I would also keep it for shipping. But... But you see, there's a lot of features that they could kill. I would keep it. But if they would kill the one feature I subscribe for, no. The same goes for Netflix. If, if Netflix, would kill, Netflix would kill or, you know, 
divide up gaming and video. Nobody would care about gaming. And so <laughs> I think it's a really dangerous move to go into the gaming area because it is so based on you. Yeah, but but I I think they never intended to be separated. I think they they are aiming no, specifically on packaging packaging it together to with the other. Yeah. Right, right. And so I could imagine that even they might add podcasting or audio or whatever in the future simply to uh, follow up the the other players. Or let's say um, someone like Apple TV Plus, they have a very very. Uh, prestige niche and uh, they they have a product that is so neat that they do not have to add like special things into this web very particular subscription service it, it sells itself um, but netflix lost their unique selling proposition in the past years and so they they need to sweeten the pot with something Right, and I don't know how much they are actually investing in in this gaming uh, sphere, but for some reason they think that this is probably the 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 thing best matching their target audience, like uh, low low pricing, uh, high d demand uh, productions. I mean, I can see that if if they want to do anything, right, they want to stick to entertainment. I I can see that. Yeah, but then again. This is such a particular part of entertainment. I find it really difficult to believe that this is actually adding a value because what I wanted to say with this example of splitting them up, I agree. They will never split it up. That would be a stupid move. But it's not adding value for me. Not. And same for Amazon, by the yep. way. I don't care about Amazon <laughs> gaming, but, but why would I? And Google did a very similar thing. And what did they do? They killed Stadia because it didn't work because nobody cared. I understand what you're saying, and this is probably a completely different uh, discussion that we have to have at some point of time regarding the gaming industry. Uh, you and I, we we might have a very particular taste that we say we are aiming for one A game or AAA game where we say this is the one thing that we are buying and then we are gaming. Uh, I could imagine that this might also be a generational thing. So if you have like young people who uh, do not want to spend extra cash for buying the license to a AAA game, but since they already have a subscription to Amazon or Netflix, they have this unlimited pool of certain games. They might orient there and they simply go there where the games are. So maybe um, in, in a couple of years, nobody is going to pay separately for a game anymore because everything is included in some form of uh, subscription that you have here or there. And I, I mean, I could see this in the past when I was a young person, um, I bought DVDs, like physical copies of movies so that of I can put them into my shelf. I When was the last time that I literally paid a single movie? I'm not talking about like uh, cinema tickets to the movie theater, yeah. but having like like buying a single a specific movie if i want to see something i probably going to see it on disney plus or on netflix or on amazon yeah, prime sure and you if it's not there it. yet i probably just wait for it <laughs> until it comes out and watch something else that is available already because i already pay for this and it could be that it, it, this might be a shift in the gaming industry also that uh, people are going to stop paying for individual games because in the future everything is packaged in some kind of this subscription deal. 
It might be. I this think is just so. speculation. I, yeah. I think so, but I, I know we're getting to the end of the episode, so I don't want to keep this any longer. I think so. But when you look <laughs> at the way Microsoft does it with Xbox, that's the way I can see it. Netflix, random move because it's a lot of original random games. But we'll see. You're right. Well, this is something we need to take up some number time. All right. So thank you so much for this amazing discussion. And uh, for everyone who's hearing us right now, leave us a comment uh, about what you think is going to happen with the gaming industry. Are you and gaming if you want with to hear Netflix? more of <laughs> would you game with Netflix and uh, want, do you want to hear more of these kinds of dis uh, dis discussions or rather more laser weapons and astroid binding <laughs> who won <laughs> so Very have question. a great evening and uh, see you and hear you next week bye bye bye